Hey there, welcome to Jenny and Paul Sell Out, the podcast where culture matters and selling out doesn't. And uh, today I think this is uh, number 17. It is. And it's going to be all about, uh, well, it's going to be one aspect of our occasional getting your shit together episodes. I'm Paul Reismandel, one half of the sellout team with me. Jenny Benevento. Jenny Benevento. Uh, we can jump right into it here. Um, this is our quit episode. Quit your job. Uh, or anything. Just quit Quit heroin. Quit. <laughs> quit picking your nose. Sure. There's all sorts of things uh, somebody can quit. Uh, but in part, uh, inspired by the fact that you have recently elected to become unemployed. Yeah, I've I've committed a self-demotion. That's what I called it. Um, just uh, your final day was uh, just a few days ago. Yeah, and there's been a weekend in between then. So I've been two days unemployed. Uh, two days unemployed as we go to recording here on a Tuesday evening. And it was Friday was your last day. And uh, well, I did to say, though, in, in the interim, um, we're here in Chicago. It's February. So we're at the bitter end of winter, which means it's also horrible. It's really terrible. Uh, you had a uh, quit party on Saturday night. And it was 11 degrees outside with a wind chill of <laughs> negative something. This yeah. is all Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was awful. And um, today it's like one degree out. <laughs> it's about the same, actually. The yeah. wind's even worse. <laughs> but in the interim, yesterday, Monday, it was 51 degrees Fahrenheit. And everything was kind of swamp-like if you if you dared to walk off of the uh, pavement. And now it's all frozen again. So yes. you can walk wherever you want because it's well, frozen. And you're going to fall down. And you're going to fall down because it's frozen. Yeah. So it's very miserable here in uh, in Chicago. And you have booked yet another trip to Florida. Yes. Well, to Miami. I've never been to Miami. But yeah, that was like, I'm not going to have a job. And usually um, because the end of my fiscal year at work is uh, January 31st, um, I go on vacation that last week of january and that first week of of february because that is the worst time in chicago i feel like and i didn't this year and this is the first time since i've lived here that i have not done that and it has made me just a cranky terrible person because i'm like winter's still here i didn't get that like break Mm -hmm. no i I don't blame you this is a good time to go to florida if you must and so you're going to you're going to be in orlando for a day again Uh, yes so i quit my job i'm actually going to disney world just for dinner, but but and, and I feel so, that, that. And what is this? What is worth going for just dinner in uh, uh, Disney World? No, I just well, I'm meeting up with a friend there, and we're oh. road tripping together. So that's the only reason I'm going there. But uh, yeah, I've never been to Miami. My friend said she was thinking of going for a few days. I was like, I'd much rather go with someone else, and it's the time period I was looking at. So um, that's why I'm going to Miami. All right. Could have been any other random place. Could have been. You know, if you want to go somewhere, I'm likely to say, like, yeah, I'll show, I'll show up. Because <laughs> I don't have a job. I don't have a job. And in this case, we hope that maybe maybe Miami is uh, somewhat more authentic I can than only Disney hope, World. yes. Yeah. At least, uh, well, Cuban-wise, maybe. Although there's probably some... Debate about that, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Not to mention uh, the gays. There will be dirt and gays and um, crime and graffiti, which are things that don't exist in Orlando inside the confines of Disney. World. And cops. Lots and lots and lots of cops. Okay. That's something Miami has to offer. 
I, I when we were there, it was like multi jurisdictional clusterfuck. There were like constantly uh, helicopters up and down the beach, and then we were just we were we were actually in South Beach, but sort of the more uh, commercial district, looking for dinner. And just like you go to corner, and it would be county sheriff hanging out with Miami Dade, hanging out with state police, hanging out with like some well-armed police force you didn't even know what it was are, are they all in like white blazers no like no. like miami vice no no nobody was rocking the sunny crockett that's sad but that you know maybe sad. they were out there but they you know they were they were not uh they were undercover i guess or whatever not 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 uh, in uniform so we wouldn't have known then right but no uh, i mean that was uh well over a decade ago and there was no one really rocking the uh the, the crocketer tubs look <laughs> That's sad. I feel like I feel like we've gone far enough from Miami Vice that it's now. Uh, it should come back. Yeah, it's now retro. But I think that that game that Jeannie talked about in our last episode, um, that was about ironically about Miami. Maybe that's mm-hmm. s- somewhat like that. You know, I mean, we should test this theory. You know, I could go get myself a nice uh, white suit and wear the um, just the t-shirt underneath and no socks and uh, go to a hipster party and see what the reception is. I definitely will be wearing some pink linen pants uh, uh, in Miami. I have a lot of linen. Bringing all the linen. <laughs> okay. I didn't know you were such the fiend for the linen. I, I love linen. I'm not sure I've seen you wear linen. That I <laughs> no, because it's cold here. Yeah. Why would I wear linen here? That's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a lot of clothes that aren't black. I think that's also a key. If you don't know us personally, I pretty much only wear black. Uh, But linen, that's my other neutral that I'll I'll accept in a desert scenario. (laughs) Or a subtropical scenario. Yeah, right. I also don't usually love sun, so. Yeah. Well, it'll be a little less sunny now. I do like water and beaches, though, so. That I can actually swim in. Well, it's good, so. g- good to go in March. Yes, you know, I'm very or, or happy late about February. It. Yes, uh, as opposed to going in July or August. Yeah, I'm hoping to go to some tiki bars as well. That's and, a good idea. Um, see some graffiti. I, I'm hoping to see some high lie. Oh yeah, well uh, I've never seen the high lie. I think you have to go to a specialized. It's the most dangerous sport. High aliatorium. <laughs> I'm going to a high aliatorium. <laughs> Are you protected from the, you know, the balls that travel a good question. miles an hour? I should look into that because I don't have great insurance now. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you doing the Cobra? Not yet. Well, I okay. signed, I think it's Cobra's really, they haven't sent it to me yet, actually. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, so this is, uh, you're able to do this because you've decided to uh, leave your job. Yes. And uh, without an immediate other position to jump into the loving, warm arms of. Right. With and, uh, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, in this economy, in quotes, I'm making the air quotes here because I'm really fucking tired of hearing that particular uh, <laughs> phrase. Um, in this economy. I like to use that phrase just for uh, non-economical yeah. things. <laughs> in this economy, this chocolate tastes great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think... I, you know, I failed test. It must be the economy. Yeah, that's right. Um, But in this economy, you must be crazy to go quitting a perfectly good job like you just did. Well, I just read an article. Someone sent me after my quitting, sent me an article that said, you're a you're a patriot. And it was an article about how people quitting their jobs is is evidence that the recession is over. Oh, 
Okay. So I feel that I'm a patriot. Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, that's a sign that the recession is over either. But that's, Can we uh, just all agree that I'm a patriot? Sure. I, okay. I'm, I have no qualms with calling you a patriot. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that also when you quit your job and you don't have something lined up, it's it's definitely, you know, when I talked to people about it, they were kind of like, oh, it must be super bad. And it wasn't super bad or anything. So I think uh, it's hard to say, no, I'm quitting purposefully. Uh, it's not you. It's cool. Like, I like my coworkers. I like, there wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, there was stuff with my job that was not ideal, but I had always planned to end this job and then take time off. So, so. it's just a matter of when. And so it's, so let's, let's, I mean, I think it's worth to go through this because I think, you know, one of the things that, that, that kind of pops up again and again in our podcast here is, uh, Noticing how there are people who are unhappy with their lives, who are willing to kind of, for whatever reason, put up with things that are um, either merely suboptimal all the way down to much more miserable um, and feel for whatever reason that uh, they, they, they are not in, don't have the control or power, opportunity or means to change it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a good majority of people I talk to both at my job and then outside of my job, um, were like, oh, man, I hate my job, and I'd really like to quit, too. And I thought that was really funny because I was like, uh-huh. And, I mean, there were people with kids who were like, you can only do this because you don't have kids. I hate you. Um, but then there were people who really just just wouldn't – it would never occur to them to quit their job uh, without any other sort of thing. Um, and then – uh, it never really occurred to me to say how long this, I, I don't actually have a time frame specifically in mind. Obviously there will be, uh, a time when I have to go back to work no matter what. But I mean, my rough estimate was something like a year. And when I said, oh yeah, I don't have a job and I'm going to take some time off. Um, at one of the happy hours after I quit with my coworkers, they're like, oh yeah, you're taking some time off. So like how much? And I said, oh, you know, I don't know if a job arrives and I love it. Maybe I'll take a job early, but I was thinking like a year and everyone, I think, almost fell over. It was like an amount of time that it was like, you are crazy. This is a crazy amount of time. Well, what made you feel like that's a reasonable choice? Um, I mean, I guess I feel like I've been working since I, I mean, not even as much as most people. I probably I got my first job probably when I was 17. Um, but I haven't really had a ton of time off. I did once have a pretty long unemployment, but I had no money. So I couldn't really do anything except for apply to jobs. Um, I wasn't super psyched with a lot of stuff in my life or how it was going. And there were things I wanted to learn or do that I didn't think I had time if I had a job. So, um, and by nature, I'm kind of a saver, I feel like, monetarily. So, I mean, I had saved a bunch of money anyway, and I had planned to eventually travel more with that. I, uh, it's obvious that travel is sort of my hobby. So, and, um, I'm more limited by time than money, not because I'm, outlandishly wealthy but because i'm an insane researcher who will find like the best possible um price for things so so you planned for this right yeah i mean you put you you started you started socking away enough money so that you would have something to live on and not merely just exist on yeah i think uh i mean i moved to a location that is definitely not my ideal location but is almost free it's about two hundred dollars a month um, which in Chicago is a ridiculous price that is probably the least I have ever paid for rent except for maybe in Champagne once. Right. Um, 
I don't have a car, as you know. <laughs> um, I I definitely eat out. I don't. I would never say I I'm super frugal, but um, I don't buy a ton of clothes. You know, and I've been trying to ramp that stuff down in general. Even I would say I was never a huge spender, but I've definitely been trying to cut corners. So what you're trying to do, it seems to me, right? right. So is that what I see is this is you're trying to make choices, right? And and you know I think that's the other another subtext to our podcast is this you know looking at the landscape right and looking at what are what are your constraints right because in constraints are very rarely hard right they're very rarely a brick wall mostly they're more like like barbed wire fences and chain link fences and things that you know you can you can move some some are on wheels and whatever but you, you got to kind of choose them. And it sounds to me like you made a couple of choices here saying, well, what, what will be important to me? What will be less important to me? What, what is a good place for an outlay or not? And you had an opportunity to, to, for housing that you, that you inherited. Right. I mean, and that is lucky. I mean, I would say that sure. I cu- when I say this to people, they usually say, oh, you're so lucky. And I think some of which is particularly well, unlucky, except let, that let, let me just inherit say something, that always- if someone says they inherit something, don't say you're so lucky yeah. because clearly someone just died. <laughs> that right. is, that's just a tip. That's a courtesy tip I'm going to give you. Um, but also, I mean, it is totally lucky that I have a place to live that is fairly cheap. Um, but I definitely could have made strides in that direction. Anyway. There's choices that you can yeah. make. Anyone can make in, well, in, to that extent. Or I could just not have a place to live and travel. Like, sure. I mean, that's equally cheap, right? Um, so, I, I mean, there were definitely choices I got to make that were easier. I don't have children, uh, so I don't have to worry about that. But I would say in the other, on another side, I also don't have a partner who can put me on their insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a major concern and major, and I would say I go to the doctor far more than the average individual. I have some chronic issues I have to see a doctor about. Um, so that was, I would say, the, the scariest part of it for me is that I definitely, in some cases, am very lucky and have advantages. And in some cases, I'm very unlucky and have disadvantages. But then in the midst of both those, I looked at those and said, okay, well, what choices can I make in this in this situation? And when telling people about this, uh, the reactions are, you're crazy or you're so lucky or I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that. My feeling is really like you could do that. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that's, that's the reason I want to talk about it is exactly it's, it's that is that you can do it if that's what you want. Right. And part of it though, is probably deciding what it is you want, because I think what, what, where we feel trapped sometimes is that we, we want things that are maybe in uh if not incompatible and not contradictory difficult to achieve simultaneously and sometimes you know we 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 get ourselves into these places you know and, and not because we we meant to but it just it happens through the various either choices we made or choices that seem like defaults at the time and it happens to all of us so yeah. I, I don't mean to to point fig, fingers or anything but there there is a moment when you have when you sort of decide well, this and not this, or this is more important than this. And, you know, I mean, you were sitting there, you were in a job that I think most people would say was a pretty good job. Yeah, no, I mean, I love my coworkers. Position. It's totally right in what I like to do. It's a very high-level exposure job. Um, I was paid pretty well. I had five weeks of vacation, which is ideal. Um, especially, I mean, especially in corporate America. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had been there for four years. Um, I was pretty well-liked by everyone. I got to pick a lot of projects I did. It was a pretty good job. Um, 
I mean, it's definitely the best job I've probably had in terms of happiness at work. But over time, what what then sort of slipped away or what, what you know, started to aggregate made you think, I don't want to stay right now? Well, I'd, I'd say two things. I mean, first of all, I got that job initially as a six-month contract four years ago, literally almost to the day. Um, and so I had not, it was definitely in a scenario I had not worked. I had not really worked in a corporate job before. Um so I had not planned on it for the long term. I hadn't planned to live in the city for the long term. Um, but I definitely moved here for family reasons. And a lot of those reasons had sort of, I mean, not have not completely gone away. But like, I've spent my time here. I've done sort of the things I wanted to do. Um, so that's the personal side of it. Uh, and then professionally, I mean... I've felt this way in a couple of other jobs where, you know, I started in a small group of like two people um, and now my group is 12 people, say. Um, You know, I started doing one thing for one site and now I do 30 things for nine sites, you know. So just the scope of the job, what the subject matter I was working on, the team, um, all that sort of stuff changed. And I really like, I mean, what I really like professionally is going somewhere that has a really big mess and fixing it. Uh, and I think, what well, by no means is it done there, but I felt very much like, all right, I've left you in good hands. Like, I can go now. There wasn't a ton of um, stuff I really wanted to do. And then, I mean, there was a couple of projects that I really felt were important to the team. And I sort of went to the people above me and said, you know, these are the things I'm interested in working on. And these are the things that I think as a team we have to look at. Um, as priorities, sort of long-term projects. And they were like, mm, that's not really what we're interested in. Why don't we do more of the short-term stuff? And for me, that wasn't at all interesting. And I felt like I, I, in the middle of my time there, I was like, how can I leave this job? I really like everyone. And I do pretty much like what I'm working on. And when else am I going to get an audience like this? Like, without naming who I worked for, I mean, we had 10 million unique visitors a month. Like, that's a huge stage that most especially librarians, don't really get to see, you know? So um, how can I leave this job? But I think at some point, um, I, I waited probably longer than I thought I would and probably maybe should have um, because I was like, maybe I can turn this into the thing I'm really still interested in. And, I, you know, I got a lot of resistance on that and that's fine. That's that's a really valid direction for them to go. It was just not the direction I was I had any interest in. And at some point, I mean, I said this aloud to my bosses. I was like, I feel like I'm in this situation where I'm going to be set up to do bad work. And I don't like putting my name on bad work. I don't that's not interesting to me. So, um for me it wasn't really a huge decision in that at the end because I had set myself up to do, you know, to be able to quit whenever. And, um, you know, it's when it comes to a decision in in such a small field as I'm in, if there's bad work in my name, I'd rather separate myself from that. So, and it's funny because April is our bonus time of the year. And so a lot of people, when I quit, were like, why didn't you just wait it out till bonuses? Why didn't you? I had to come to work today every day and I didn't like it and I liked who I worked with and I didn't like letting them down all the time and for me I mean for me my bonus wasn't a huge part of my package and that's just different for everyone who you know wherever you work um and like a few thousand dollars this sounds so uppity to be like this but a few thousand dollars to me wasn't worth 
uh, severing ties with people I had worked with mm-hmm. for four years and doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think that is uppity. I mean, I, I do understand. Well, I, the I, ability to say, like, sure. I don't need a few thousand dollars is kind of uppity. <laughs> well, you know, but it, the funny thing is that people say that every day without realizing it. Sure. Or they act in such a way. Or they, they, they do something in their lives that it, it results in the same thing. It just is. It, it becomes more of a default, or it's a hidden consequence rather than an act of choice. Um, and and so you know, what I find interesting is it's is this process of finding where of of making these choices active and conscious, and trying to really be as as much as we can at least clear about to ourselves what we are trading. Right. What is what is the what what is the trade off we are making? Right. And and certainly with work, a very clear trade off is we are trading away our time. You know, and we can talk about forty hour week jobs. But most people I know who are professionals are not working forty hours a week. They're most of them are working more, and some are substantially more than that. And that's time. That's energy. It's time when you can't do something else. You are really trading that away. Well, and for me, I mean, know oh, we've talked about this before, and this. I would think about this all the time. The idea that I really have a problem phoning it in. Like, I can't do that. Um, partially because most of my jobs I've had as a professional are things I'm super interested in. So, in addition to just showing up at work at certain times, um, it would really, like, worry me all the time. And I wasn't, like, sleeping right. And I was, like, grinding my teeth. And, like, I wouldn't go to bed on Sunday night. And then I'd wake up all, like... You know, I'd have like five hours of sleep and I'd feel all crappy the rest of the week. And so like there was all these things that it was sort of, you know, even though, you know, I was maybe still at work for the same amount of time, it took up a lot more of my time mm-hmm. um, to the point where like I would, you know, be super stressed out, uh, like just because I wasn't doing my job to the potential I really wanted to be able to do it. And um I mean, you know, then <laughs> the result of that for me when I get super stressed out is my house gets real messy and I like lay in bed and watch TV all the time, <laughs> which is also not very good. Right. No. And then but then the uh, I guess the follow up question is, besides the why didn't you stay around for bonus time is, aren't you worried that in a year or whatever term it is that you pick, you won't you won't be able to get such a good job? Um. I mean, I guess I'm mine. I. I think for me, I'm in a really rare situation in that I am in a weird field that um, people call me to offer, well, not offer me jobs, but offer me interviews quite frequently. Um, And it's not me. It's just the field I'm in. Um, I do have some fear that like, uh, you know, maybe in two years, my career won't be so hot. And like, I've wasted this time where I could be making money. Sure. But maybe at the end of this year, I won't want to get a job in that. I mean, I guess... Uh, if anything makes me more worried, I would say the thing that I was most worried about is when I don't have a lot going on, I tend to do nothing. Um, it's only through having a, being very busy that I end up doing things. And so for me, the the bigger fear was I'm just going to sit around and check Facebook all day, mm-hmm. which I could be just getting paid to do. <laughs> um, so for me, I mean, and obviously I've only been off for two days and I, I definitely gave myself this week and next week to be like, do whatever you want get you know two weeks vacation um but and and part of the reason i am taking time off is i i did feel like um i could use a better set of discipline or or 
grounding in that. And I felt like doing that while having a job was very difficult. Um, so part of this experiment of this time off is to see if I can do that. I, I And I like that approach of seeing it as an experiment. Because um, I think that that's something which is easy not to recognize in one's own life. That most of the time when we engage in anything new, it is an experiment, right? Success, and I and, and again, I want to use air quotes that I'm not doing right, but it, it, it is... <laughs> He's is, lying. Is He's not, lying to now you. Now I am. Now okay. I am doing it. Is is not guaranteed. And of course, part of that because is you need to define what success means to you. And but success is not necessarily guaranteed. But you but there's so many things that you don't know till you've tried it. Well, yeah, and I think the reactions to it has been really interesting. Where you know, just the timeline. Like I don't have a timeline. Um, that's one of the things I'm going to do in like week three. Right? Just figure out timeline. <laughs> right, right, right. And like, or I don't have a specific budget yet. Um, I mean, I have a general idea of how much I have, and I have a general idea of what I'll probably have to do. But um. People, when I have told them that, I'll be like, yeah, that's week three. I got to figure that out. They'll be like, you have it. You quit your job and you hadn't figured that out yet. I'm like, yeah, it's not really. I mean, I feel like that sort of stuff is not as necessary as like, okay, do I have enough to cover myself for this amount of time? All right, I'm good. Um, Or or just that there's no exact end date is really like frightening to a lot of people, including my mother. But the, the end date is not necessarily under your control, one. Right. Well, and I mean, what if I, sp- I this is not going to happen because I, I mean, I know there are people who are like, if I didn't have a job for a month, I'd kill myself. That, that is ge- generally not been my experience. But like, if I don't have a job for a month and I hate it, like I can always apply for jobs then. Right. I mean, I and, and I, I get that. And, and I, I do. I mean, and that's why it is an experiment. Right. And I mean, even when you take a new job, that's an experiment because you don't know. You, I mean, when you start a new job, in most cases, whoever you is, whatever the job is, you don't know enough about the job to know if you're really going to like it. And, and on the other side, the employer doesn't really know enough about you. It's all just a bet. My, I mean, my current job that I've been at for four years, I Skype interviewed from a time zone away. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the entirety of my interview. Right. It was a bet on everybody's part. And, yeah. and it seemed to have been a good bet. You yeah, know, Four it years is, is not insignificant. Um, but... <laughs> It's just uh, it's interesting to me because in that people's reactions to you, it, it is my guess, has more to do with you know a, a widely accepted narrative than it has to do with uh, proven realities. Yeah, well, and I think the thing that's really hilarious is um, the day I quit, I got two LinkedIn emails about. So, I mean, ideally, in my entire life, I will eventually move back to Portland, Oregon, which is where I used to live, and I really like. Um, and I got two emails from people in Portland saying they had jobs the day I quit my job before I even announced it to, you know, my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, what timing is this? Like, so that was a thing for me where I was like, should I not do this year? Should I just do this? Um, and that I think is probably a more haunting decision or, you know, a decision which I'm sort of like, should I have done that? I don't know. Mm. Uh, when else will I get that opportunity? Um, but then also, um, since then, a couple of other people who I know who have like startups or, um, companies that just need some side work have been like, Hey, uh, since you don't have a job, if you want some work, like we could probably send you some work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of stuff is really ideal to me. The idea that I, that would be, um, you know, awesome. And I would never consider myself going out and doing, 
my own entrepreneurship or having my own company do it because I've tried that and I find it terrible. <laughs> um, I just am not a budget manager type project manager type person. But the idea that like I would do half time work where just people would find me is great. How sustainable is that? I don't know. But it's better than nothing. <laughs> well, you won't again. You you won't know till you try. Right. I mean, you know, and and this isn't. I'm not trying to speak out against educated guesses or speak out against research and analysis, but that so much of the time, people's reaction really isn't based upon research and analysis, and really isn't an educated guess. Right. It and in many times their reaction is fear. Right. Fear, fear that the fear if they were in your position, and of course, as we all do, as all people, we project that fear into other situations that other people are in. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, I I'm not saying I don't have that sort of fear. I feel like um, I earlier mentioned I was a saver. I would say that um, I'm more of a money hoarder <laughs> than a saver. Um, I'm a person who's sort of paranoid and needs to have a lot of money in order to feel okay. You know, um, even if that's at the detriment of you know paying my student loans or something. Um, which I'm currently debt-free, so that also helps. Um, and I, if someone is not debt-free, I would suggest they do that before doing this. Um, but I, so, I mean, part of it is a, a test of that fear for me is, you know, I have a very specific amount of money, and that is going to get much lower. <laughs> and that's not entirely comfortable for me. Um, yeah. Oh, hi. Uh, you've just reached the halfway point of episode 17 of Jenny and Paul Sellout. Jenny may have quit her job, but neither of us is quitting this podcast. That means we still need you to leave us reviews and ratings at iTunes and Stitcher. We also want to know what you think of the podcast, or if you have a clever retort, or maybe your own quit story. Drop us a line at facebook.com slash selloutpodcast or leave a comment at our website, selloutpodcast.com. Keep it private. Send us an email to selloutpodcast at gmail.com. And now, it won't quit. It's time to rejoin the podcast. And yeah, but at the same time, you know, you are... You know, you have at least some evidence that you'll be able to make some sort of living. Right. right? I mean, since you've already had offers and there's people, you know, and and granted, yes, sure, not everybody has that, right? So this isn't a matter of trying to universalize. But at the same time, I think that a lot of times people don't even bother to put themselves in a place with, where such offers can happen, right? It's, right. it's that it's that making it's about making opportunities happen, not merely having opportunities, right? And I think I am lucky that was in quotations mm-hmm. um, to have had the experience where you know I've been unemployed for over a year and I had to make that work, and um, so that doesn't really frighten me anymore, especially because I'm in a way better situation now than I was then, um, or I have you know in grad school lived off of twelve thousand dollars a year like that um is definitely not something i would choose to do but it wasn't terrible like i don't i feel like i cut a lot of corner i had to cut a lot of corners and you know if there was free food somewhere i would be eating there but um i mean again i don't suggest that for everyone but uh you know if really expensive cars are your bag maybe this is not gonna be for you (laughs) Um, but uh 
it depends what your choices are. For me, I was like, I'm super stressed out. I'm not really that happy. What's the alternative? I quit this job that is not really making me happy and then eventually find one that is making me happy. Even if I took a month off and then looked for a job, that still would have made me way happier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a year is like a, a crazy amount of time for a lot of people, but um, it's funny in just looking at stuff that other people have done, because obviously I did a lot of research of who's done this sort of thing before and what they do with their time and, you know, how they get insurance and all that sort of stuff. And there's there's these like classes and retreats that I, I've always in my adult life been like, who has time to do this? Like, who has time to go on a like a a four week Buddhist retreat is not something I have interested in. But who has time and money to do that? Well, I mean, now I do, theoretically, but um, that's not specifically my choice in this case. But um, there's a lot more people doing it, I think, than you think are doing it. Yeah, I think that's probably true, right? And But there, maybe there's not yet that critical mass who are talking about it. Or for a lot of people, they don't even think about it, meaning this is the way they live their life. They always have. They don't always necessarily think of it as, as different, yeah, I mean, they get a job for as long as they can save up enough money to not have a job, sure. I mean, I think also a lot of people who are in this situation are married or partnered with someone who makes a ton of money or, or makes, makes, makes an enough. average number amount yeah. of money. And um, they do like a half time something and half time so- and then they like travel half the time. So, I mean, if anything, I would say the oddest part about it is not having sort of someone to rely on in that way. Um so for me, in doing that research, that was like the thing that was a little bit uncharted. And yet, you know, you may have the opportunity to be freelance or to be sort yeah. of your own boss in all of this. Yeah. Right. And there's many people, many, many people who work in such in a circumstance. Um, and they're not all just, uh, you know, feature writers for Vanity Fair. I mean, they're, they're across the spectrum of many different disciplines in many different areas. Right. I mean, there's things I do as hobbies that um, to, to very much echo our previous show, I would like to more get into being paid for. And with a job, I had no way to figure out how to do that because I was like burning all my cycles. Um, so for me, that's part of it, too, is like I have a giant list of things I would like to get accomplished and that list keeps not getting shorter. So I totally feel you on the on the burning the cycles thing, right? You know, cuz I am employed full time in a professional position and you know, we do this podcast and I write semi-seriously for a blog which I cooperate with two other people and I write freelance uh for now for two publications I hope continuously. <laughs> you know, and maybe some others at some other point. And then I also try to have fun and you know, do other things. And it's, it is very common depending every week is a little different, but it's not uncommon that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after work in the evenings, I get a fair amount done above and beyond just having worked Thursday night happens, man. And not so much gets done Thursday night. Television gets done. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think like I took, um, shortly before I quit, I took this class on, um, sort of, uh, picking up new habits and how to like make yourself uh, do things that you don't really love doing. And, um, <laughs> you know, we talked, they talked a lot about um, having routines, of course. Like, you know, if you don't have a routine, this might be a little bit harder. And for me, 
um, when I when we all went around, I was like, I work at three different locations, and some mornings I have to get up at five in the morning, and some mornings I get up at ten in the morning, and some mornings I get up at seven thirty. And there, these locations are all from zero to uh, fifty miles from my home, <laughs> and, and the people in the class were like. What do you do for a living? <laughs> That's terrible. How can you survive that? You're never going to be able to like, no wonder you can't like get your shit together in this specific way that you're interested in doing because there's no way to set up any sort of routine. That's crazy making. Um, so there was things like that where I was like, okay, um, maybe I could set this all up while I have my time off. And then, you know, it wasn't, it was sort of a confirmation of like, Okay, I'm right. I'm I'm not the only one who thinks this is insane. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and and you get used to it. You get habituated yeah. to it, and especially if it's what everyone else is doing. Well, then it isn't doesn't seem so crazy in the moment until so you get a third party, a third you know, sort of neutral third party looking at it who goes, "No, I can see why it might be difficult to to, to do some things because it's hard to plan around and hard to chart around, right. especially." If you want to have that, but it's it is the burning the cycles because if you have a job that that where you care about and you you, you mostly like or kind of like, um, you know, then you will really burn energy there, right? And good energy, like you know, you you you'll be you'll want to accomplish things. You will, we hope, be engaged intellectually in addition to being engaged in just pure effort. And of course, I also find though, and if you don't like the job, you're still going to burn cycles because being there, even if you're surfing Facebook. And not really doing very much like that. To me, that subterfuge that you have to be involved in burn cycles. Well, yeah. And I feel like um, it's a lot easier to deal with that stuff when you're like, I could leave at any moment. Like I've saved sure. up enough money. Yeah, right. And I mean, that's another aspect of it is for a while I was like, is this enough money? Did I save up enough money? Uh, I could always use more, you know. Um, so for me, I think towards the end, especially because things that sort of degraded over you know a time i'm like i'm sort of used to part of this degrading like i can get i can get used to this right so for me making that final break i think was a little difficult in that you know i was trying to hold on as long as i could to make more money um but um on the other hand it was all a lot easier knowing like i can just quit tomorrow and i have enough money it's all set up you know right i mean and that is something i mean there where you know, we, we use the word lucky, right? And and part of it is I think that there's an extent to which you can make your own luck. I mean, there's an extent to which things do just fall out of the sky or unfortunate things happen and there's, there's a silver lining to them. But there is making your own luck. And, 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 you know, it isn't lucky that you're out of debt. Yeah, I that, mean... I mean, I think that's fair to say that was a, that was, that was a choice or a sequence. Of yeah, choices. I paid off my student loan debt while in grad school. Right, and, that, and I had thirty thousand dollars worth of debt. It's not like a small amount of debt. And pe- and I chose to go to a grad school that I did not have to pay for, um, even though there were better schools or, or schools that were more in my interest mm-hmm. um, that I would have had to pay, you know, ten to thirty thousand dollars a year for. And that's those are choices that we can make. And I think what happens is, in my observation, is that people make a lot of choices by default or because it the, the their impression is that this is what they're supposed to do and it doesn't always get fully analyzed or sub, or scrutinized or subjected to to testing right well cuz it's thursday night every night like you're in this horrible situation where you're you can't quit your job cuz you have all this debt 
and you're exhausted all the time, and all you do with your time after work is sleep, right? It's, you know, and spend, like, and spend money, maybe. yeah, exactly, right? because it feel you know it's one of your few escapes. And I'm not I'm not criticizing, right? That, is to buy some, you know, buy some shit and set up your man cave or set up your woman cave, <laughs> and you know, and feel better by because of that, because it's hard for you to have time to do much else except kind of enjoy a big screen TV at home, right? And I mean, I have a I have a, an acquaintance who is uh, has always been like, well. I really wish I could live in the city. And I was like, well, you can live in the city. And they're like, well, but I work in the suburbs. And it's like, so that would be a terrible commute. So maybe I'll get a job in the city when I move to the city. But wait, like this. Right. And, and that was not a discussion where like the person saw what was happening there at all. It's like, I think there are a lot of people who don't plan that whole thing out. It's like, oh, I want this thing, but it seems so difficult and unachievable. And, 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 you know, and there's, and, and on top of that, there's plenty of social reinforcement for the path I'm on right now. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think everyone hates their job. You just should accept that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, and, and, and that's why I'm, you know, I, I don't want this to come off like I'm, uh, targeting anybody. I've had terrible jobs. Yeah. Terrible, terrible jobs that I had to have because I needed money. Or criticizing somebody because they stay in a job that they hate. Yes. Um, or, or anything. Cause I, I'm not. It, it's rather, is, is, is I, you know, in this conversation, the reason I wanted you to talk about this is, and I hope that, that every time someone has an example, that it seems more like it's possible. I mean, I realize there's so much of it. Still, there's a reaction of I could never do that, right? Yeah, and I think well, I and that the majority of um, reactions, even among people who like me, who are mm-hmm. my friends, who would, or at least casual acquaintances who seem to like me, who would want good things to happen to me, is kind of things that in any other scenario would be super jerky and aggressive and negative to say. Um, seem really acceptable, like <laughs> you know, just the like. Oh, well, you know, it's going to be hard to get a job after a year's break on your resume. Like, even if that is accurate, I mean, which I would hesitate to think that's accurate, but um, that's probably a negative thing. I've probably considered that or there's even a nicer way to say that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that was the thing that it's met with such negativity that I can only... Um, agree with you about that whole thing where it's like well i have to reinforce the status quo because i hate my job and someone's ah and i need to sort of right i do think there's part of that reinforcing my own you know what and and we've all done it so i'm not pointing fingers reinforcing you know my own fears and 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 feeling justified in my path i mean it's the same thing you know i think we mentioned maybe a previous cast where you know I, i i i'm a bicyclist i don't own a car like you don't own a car and I'm bicycling now. I'm, bi- you know, when when the weather is shit and it's 11 degrees and whatever. And I don't, I don't want any medals. I don't think it's any great thing to do. It's my habit. If I don't do it, I feel like crap. It, it believe me, it is not some merit badge. <laughs> it is just simply for me. I'd rather do that than stand and wait for the bus. So, so you do it. And people will say to me, "Well, I could never do that." Well, but I think part of that is a lot of people do a lot of things so they get a merit badge. (laughs) Sure. And I don't care. But, you know, it's funny because people will say, oh, you know, oh, my gosh, you wrote today. I can never do that. And I mean to say, you know, you you can do that, but I can understand why you would choose not to. I didn't. I did not ride for most of like, you know, December through February for, you know, the first decade and some of my bicycle commuting. This isn't like I just suddenly got up and did it. It took a long while for me to get there. Well, and I wonder, I mean, it seems like it's hard for all humans to, 
when someone else says, like, I made decision X, for you to not personally be like, I think decision X would be bad for me. Like, or to feel like, oh, I really want to make decision X and I need a defense as to why I haven't done that. Yeah, or, or why it has to be about you at all, actually, <laughs> I think. Well, there you go. We go all the way back to... Uh, no one episode, cares. Is it no episode one cares number one? Isn't yeah, that, no one cares about you. Nobody cares about you. Well, and I, I mean, that's the thing for me where it's like, uh, you know, it would not work for me to bicycle every day for a, a wide variety of reasons sure. starting with the fact that i can't ride a bicycle could i learn how yes do i have interest no okay so like that is not a threatening statement to me because i have zero interest in it like if someone talks to me about driving their car somewhere that's cool too i have zero interest in doing that either um so i mean i guess that's still about me but like I don't feel defensive in that conversation. Well, and you don't choose public transport, right? And, and you know, as your primary mode. I don't. I mean, no. I mean, so you do choose it, but yes, you don't. I do. You don't choose it for the per- for for a purpose really other than the most practical. It gets you from here to there. You 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 don't have a driver's license. You're not. Interested I can read in a having, book. You're not interested in having a car. You've integrated it. It works, right? It's it's quite practical and pragmatic. It isn't because oh, you fucking car drivers, a bunch of assholes, burning up the earth and and whatever. I mean, I do feel like cars are kind of evil, but I would never say well, that as someone a pedestrian. Yeah, no, yeah. You, but you know, but you know, I, I get that. But it's 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 not an act of protest necessarily. No, no, not at all. I mean, I think it is definitely. Uh, I think people are shocked, not like city people, but other non-city people are generally shocked that I can do as much as I can do uh, on public transit. Um, I mean, the fact that I visited L.A. several times and used only public transit is like blows people's minds and it wasn't in any way difficult. So, um, I mean, I think there are things like that where when people talk to you about it, there is like a teaching moment inherent to that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I would never bring it up unless someone like was like really how'd you do that um yeah i mean i think getting back to the point where it's like when you say something about your life it doesn't necessarily mean i'm judging you or or that or that i'm saying that you must or should do this yeah yeah because i make you know make all sorts of decisions all the time that i know are a little out of step with a lot of what other people's lives are and i yeah i'm really not interested it's interesting i i I do though work with a guy um (coughs) who uh, I like, and uh, he started bike commuting when he started working uh, with me, working in our office. Not he, because of you. Well, he tells me that, no, he, he actually is very he's very nice. He says that, that he was inspired. He said he would wanted to bike commute. And then his father-in-law, who is a avid, avid cyclist, gave him a spare, but like, you know, fixes up old bikes and gave him a spare bike. And so he said, I just decided I would try it because I see you're doing it. So it must be possible. Right, and and he peppers me with a lot of questions, et cetera, and he's figured out his way to do it. But that's the interesting thing is he really thought he was going to hang up the bike, you know, kind of like November fifteen, and then it came like December fifteen. He's like, I can't. I kind of surprised I'm still riding, you know. And there are days when he he lives a little further away, so he takes like the metro, which is a commuter train here, which permits you to take bikes on it, uh, depending on which way you're, you're traveling. But he's traveling against uh, the primary commute uh, traffic, so he can take his bike on in the morning. So he rides to the metro, puts his bike on, rides up to Evanston, gets off and rides his bike to the office. And it's still, you know, it's still, he's riding several miles a day, you know, and he's like, yeah, I, I would, I probably wouldn't have done it if I didn't know you just because it, it would have seemed to me like, well, that's it. How does one do that? But now that I met somebody who doesn't seem like a crazy bike rider who I could ask, how do you do it? And I could give him 
you know, what I learned practically, which is of course what I learned from other people I know. He was like, oh, I can do that. And I kind of appreciate that because I'm not, again, I, you know, when I, when he comes in, he goes, oh, I couldn't do it this morning. I go, man, I'm with you. I understand. Like, like I am not looking in judgment at you. Like this morning right. you walked in or you took the bus or you took the Metro most of the way. I get it. I've been there those days and I'm like, I'm kind of surprised I made it in myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was just, you made, you made that choice in the morning in the same way, you know, you know, somebody who, who. Who runs marathons or half marathons, or you know, or or can do Ironman, right? You know, most of the time, those people who do it are not doing it for you or because of you. They're doing it because it makes them feel good. It's it's something that they do, and you know, sure. I mean, I'm not about ready to run 20 miles. Yeah, I mean, recently I've had this foot injury, and so though I walk a lot, I've had to take um, elevators and escalators, which is hard in a group, especially if you're going down like one floor. Um, because you look like that loser who's too lazy to take an elevator. Um, and people bring it up. People will bring it up like, you can't take stairs. And I'm like, actually, I can't. <laughs> um, but it's funny to me that it's like a judgment thing that someone would bring up. It's just like, I don't I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't know why people care. But on that flip side, I mean, it is it is it's interesting because you, you also see, I think, in in. A whole bunch of choices that that are that have become much more mainstream, much more common in our culture are not choice are choices that would have been considered weird or strange twenty years ago. The extent to which people walk and do take public transport much sure. more often, or the number of people who um, you know aren't vegetarian but have opted to have vegetarian meals much more frequently and 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 have have opted to to you know ratchet down the amount of meat they eat or change their dietary habits. You know, and it's becoming much more like not strange, weird decisions, but becoming very mainstream, normalized decisions as well. Well, I think it's because those are easier decisions for people to make. So if you live near Whole Foods, that's maybe, an, you know, you can get pre-prepared meals. Whole Foods meals. wouldn't be like that if people weren't right, making but I, decision, I think you know? Right, I agree. But I think that when people say, I wish I could do X, what they're really saying is, I wish X was easier for me to do. And I think that's fair. I know. I, to- I totally agree. <laughs> there are plenty of things I wish that were easier for me to do and but, some things I don't do because they're not so easy for right, me. Right. But almost no one who lives in the city, like our city, which yeah. has a lot of public transit, is like, I wish I could take more public transit because they do. They just do. It's easy. It's way easier than using a car in most cases. The people who say, I wish I could take public transit are people who are like, well, I live in the suburbs and the transit doesn't come very frequently and I'd have to look it up and that seems really difficult on like the L, which just comes every five minutes or whatever. So, I mean, and that's a reasonable reason to not do something. But what they're saying is not, uh, I wish I could do that. They're saying like, I wish someone would figure that out for me. Or they're saying (laughs) it is more important for me to live where I live. Yeah, I don't necessarily even think that. I think that would be a choice. Well, it is, but it is a choice. It's a choice. I mean, it's a choice that was made. And, and and this is, I think, maybe in a direction where where I want to go is that you make all these choices. Not and, and none of us is so omniscient that we know all the all the outcomes, or we we understand or can predict all the outcomes. And in many cases, the outcomes are have are, there are too many factors right. that 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 choice isn't that is just one piece of. But in effect, though, people do make the choice that that expresses a certain value that says. You know, I would prefer to live in this town or neighborhood that is not well served by by public transport than have access to public transport. Right, but I have public 
access to transport, you can make that choice. Except I think when people make that choice, they don't realize they're they're excluding public transport. Well, I I realize I mean, I wish they did, but I I feel like most people are like, oh, I need a place with good parking. And then uh, two years later, you talk to them and they're like, wow, I wish it was really easy for me to use. I mean, I don't think they realize that there's a choice inherent. Some people do, definitely. But, um... But that I think that's the thing is like I wish I could take a year off. Well, you could, but like here's the things. If you'd like to sit down and talk about planning it, that's cool. Like I visited financial planners and I took all these books out of the library and I did all this stuff. And I think um, it didn't come immediately. It wasn't something I was like, I have a fully hatched plan. But I, I think a lot of people, when they say I wish I could do this, are actually just like. I don't even know how to begin to make these choices that would right. make that happen. And that's understandable, right? I mean, totally. And, and I do get that. And I think that it is part of sitting down. And so much of it is that, you know, these decisions happen because you've had the opportunity and taken the opportunity to really think it through, right? And, and, and I do recognize that there, because there are so many pre made decisions out there, right? paths that are, are are well-worn and presented to you that those are simpler and, and and it's for all of us we you know we can't be constantly hashing every out every single goddamn decision we make every day you lose your damn mind <laughs> should i brush my teeth yeah right i mean so it is right you, well as you were you went to a class to learn how to build habits right, right. you know and so their things are habitual right and it and it's just as if for some people they assume that they're going to go to college whereas others assume they go they need to go to a top tier college and they're you know and oh yeah i mean it didn't occur to me that it was probably idiotic to major in history which in some cases it it totally was that did not lead me to have a job but my idea of habit of going to college was you just major in something and you get a college degree and then that's fine right that's all you need that's what i did right yeah i mean i think that's what most people do because that's what you sort of are told some people uh, yeah and then there are people who make so i I sometimes are talking to undergraduates where i work sometimes i'm like wow I didn't have even a third of the clue that you do right now right. <laughs> about like how your education and the opportunities you're taking that'll lead to some that you you know seem like they'll lead to some good professional opportunities in your field. I was like, yeah, me me want to be smart. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, there's so many decisions that you just are like, well. I know I'm going to college because my parents are forcing me to, you know, are like, you're going you to college. You want to be deconstructionist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to college, but, you know, or I'm getting a job because I need to pay the rent. Like, that was yeah. definitely my feeling for many, many years. Right. And so it's not like I, I think, you know, either you nor I have all of a sudden arrived fully warm, like, oh, I plan and I make these decisions. and. And a lot of it is it builds on itself, I find, right? Because it is really you take you take that one step forward, and and sometimes you take three steps forward and you take one step back and whatever. But you know it's not linear even. But you do start to to say, okay, well, what really would it is realistic if I really want to do this? What am I going to need to do? I mean, people do it all the time. They figure out how to send their kids to college. They figure out how to give kids in the first place. They figure out how to buy a house. I mean, things that are not or they figure or, out like. Oh, oh crap we're accidentally having a kid let's figure, let's this, figure out. this out like to me that is like the biggest possible thing you you there's sure. a clear ticking time clock there where you have to figure it out right and it's gonna cost a lot of money um so i mean i you know if you can figure that out you can figure most things out i feel like yeah and i think Human. then it, it's really a matter of getting is is figuring out and getting past 
you know, fears that you have, and many of them, you know, are, you know, are fears that are shared. Many people have them that come from, you know, upbringing, come from your family, come from the culture at large, things you're learned and told and figuring out, you know, are you, you know, is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be worth it to confront these fears and confront the circumstances which created those fears and subject them to actual scrutiny, right? To test them rather than simply, and and you know and if and, and 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 I say this because I think if anyone wants to sit there and go say you know what that is too much for me to handle and I don't want to do that it's fine I'm like good to know that about yourself right <laughs> hope what you're doing is making hope you happy because yeah. that's I hope well I hope you can figure it out right, right? right I hope that right. Maybe, and maybe there's a different path for right. you right this is not the only path it's so much as that if this is a path which starts to look good to you I kind of feel like you really should then give it a shot or figure out what it is going to take you to get to that place. Right. In terms of like reasonable worst case scenarios of everything, like worst case scenario, I can't find a job when I need to find a job. Well, like I do have friends I can live on their couch for two weeks until I find that. Or, you know, worst case scenario, I get pretty sick. Okay. Well then let me get good insurance, you know, or worse, you know? So, I mean, I think planning that stuff out, I mean, in no way am I like, I'm super comfortable. I think nothing, I mean, reasonably, I can tell as a person who is reasonable and I don't have like an anxiety disorder, um, that those are not very likely scenarios, but, um, well, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's thinking about what is the likelihood. I think right. thinking of what is the, what is the worst that can happen? And sometimes it really means talking it out with somebody, somebody else. Right. Who, who can be objective or, you know, as objective as someone can be and, and who you trust. Who, when they say like, nah, Jenny, that's not so likely. Let me tell well, you why. And you would go, oh, maybe you're right. Right. And just go, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And knowing other people who've done it before yeah, that you that know helps. that they're, an, uh, it's a realistic thing. But, uh, I was reading something today that said, um, you know, if during your day you have to do something you really hate doing, uh, like go to a meeting, um, and every time you go to this meeting, it's terrible and unproductive and nothing happens. Um, think about like what would happen if you just never went to this meeting? What yeah. if you just blew this meeting off every week? Um, I mean, in maybe ten percent of those cases, you'd just get fired. Like maybe, but only ten percent. But yeah, yeah. I mean, in most cases. Otherwise, it'd be very. It could be like office space. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> maybe you're gonna get a better job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like, I, I like I think back to things in high school, which in high school I thought were a big deal, but in retrospect, like, were not a big deal at all. Like no one, like no one cared. Uh, you know, I would. I didn't skip a class ever in my entire you know high school career because I thought it was such a big scary thing. I would get in so much trouble. In retrospect, that's retarded, but no one probably would have noticed. Um, so there's all these things that I think in retrospect, you think like, why was I that worried about that thing? Like, no, nothing bad would have happened. And I think it's only through asking yourself that like, okay, if I just didn't show up for a day, like what would happen? And, and testing it. I mean, yeah, you know, testing it for real, sitting yeah. there and going, you know, instead of acting, instead of instead of accepting the fear as true, inherently true, right. accepting it as only a um, one of many prognostications, one of many possible outcomes. Well, and being able to accept the consequences, I think, is true, well, too, yeah. because it was only through accepting, like, I do have enough money to leave, so let me approach my bosses and say, like, here's the direction I'm interested in going in. Is this the direction maybe you see us going in? Because, like, I had nothing to lose by asking that. I mean, I think, again, in maybe 10% of jobs by doing that, and you know your job, like, I don't, 
work in a super hostile work environment where people would be like, get in your place or something. But, uh, you know, maybe in 10% of jobs for suggesting something like that, you would get fired. But in the great majority of jobs, no one can. No, no, it's, and, it's seen as good to have some sort of... And if you're of, in that job where, you're, where, where the likelihood is that you'd get fired for it, it's, it, really, it really begs the question, why do you stay? Right. Because, you know, I mean... It, to me, you know, I, you know, that's why you know, it was sort of made a deal of the in in air quotes in this economy thing, right? It, is that I is that I do understand that it, that for any one person it can be that the job opportunities are difficult. At the same time, you know, there are plenty of jobs listed, and I've been on enough hiring committees now where we had difficulty finding somebody who was qualified and who fit in, or where we got people, you know, we were getting ready, you know, we'd made an offer and people got hired away for 20% more that we couldn't pay because we're a university, you know, that it's happening, that I, that it's not, it's not so black and white. And, 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 you know, it doesn't mean that it's your fault if you're unemployed and can't find work so much as that, is that, Perhaps it's about changing where you look. Perhaps it's about changing, you know, what are the things that you can control as opposed to what things are, do you have no control over? And if you're, you know, really well trained in one area and doesn't need to be jobs, what can you do about that? Or can I, can I take a, a job that has a shitty commute for three months yeah. and then maybe like after I've See proven myself like. been like, hey, you know, uh, I love this job, but can we make it this other way? Or, you know, and that's not going to work 100% of times, but having a, a, a job with a shitty commute for like three months is something anyone could bear. Or take a job that pays $5,000 less a year, but right. it, where at least there's a guess that it won't be as soul-sucking as what I'm involved in. You say, but well, that's $5,000. Well, after taxes, it's 3800 <laughs> You know, or if that, and then amortize over 12 months, you start saying, well, it actually isn't that much money well you still keep looking i mean i think <laughs> and that's you also keep yeah. looking and maybe once you're there and if they love you you can go and say hey you know i took this for five thousand dollars less i could maybe you guys could help me out <laughs> well and that's i mean that's another thing that i think uh helped me make this decision is a couple of years ago i did uh, apply for a job and got a job at a major name company that the fact i turned down eventually um and the fact that uh um Everyone, not everyone I knew, but I, you know, I talked to, it was a major decision for me. Like, should I move to the, it was Amazon. I'll just say it. Um, should I go to Amazon? And about, well, first of all, everyone who lived in, in Seattle was like, how could you turn down a job with Amazon? They're like the best company ever. Do you know how much money they're making? You could get that job and then move up in the hierarchy and you would immediately be a jillionaire and like, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And everyone who works there loves it. Or at least they make a jillion dollars and get out. And like, there was like, it was, they looked at me like I was an idiot for not just immediately saying yes or whatever. Um, and so to turn that down, like for me, I was like, this is not going to make me happy. I don't get why people like this. It's just for me, not my thing. Um, made it a lot easier because nothing negative came out of that. Like, I mean, maybe I would be, uh, you know, divisional vice president or something now, who knows? But, um, I, it didn't make me any less happy to do that. You know, um, it's not what I wanted. And even though it seems like an accomplishment, it seems like what you're supposed to go for, right? Like it totally seemed like, uh, when I applied for it and when I got it, it seemed like it would be 
what I've been aiming my career at. But in fact, when I got it, I was like, this makes me far less happy than I was before I applied for this job because now I feel like I have this decision to make. And if I don't make this decision towards Amazon, mm, maybe I'll regret this forever. But in fact, like you make decisions all the time that that change your life and you never ever think of. And you haven't necessarily realized you made it even sometimes. Right, and it could probably come up. I mean, unless you're like, F you guys. <laughs> like, instead of saying, like, you know what? This is not going to work for me right now. Almost every company would probably, you know, be cool with you reapplying. It's not like that job's gone forever. I mean, I'm sure there are certain cases where you're like, I want to be the one school teacher in Nowheresville, Virginia. Okay, maybe that job only comes up once every 20 years or something. But for most jobs that most people are in, they come up pretty frequently. Yeah. Again, it's you're probably not as special as you think you are. You're probably not as uh, people aren't really thinking about you as much as you think they are. And they're probably, provided that you actually made some attempt to be nice and some attempt to go gracefully, probably are not going to think so uh, distastefully of you because you left, especially if you do leave without sticking your middle fingers up in the air and and tell them to shove their job. So I do have sort of a contradiction to that is yeah. immediately upon quitting my job. Um, the listserv that is for the specific group of people who do what I do um, started a lengthy and controversial thread about why people keep leaving my job. <laughs> and I'm actually the first person to have leave- left it. So it's very funny to me that that was um, we've been hiring a lot. So it looks it looks like there's a lot of turnover. But it was literally like a group of people who do my job talking about my job before I had even announced I was quitting. So it was it was kind of an opposite situation to the like, no one cares about you or is interested in your thing. Um, <laughs> but they were mostly interested in your position. Yeah, they were totally interested in my position. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it, at first I was like, what kind of crazy situation is this? I have zero that's not an experience in grad school they explain how you should react to um so i didn't really know what to do should i say nothing and actually i i replied in a really polite way that you know complimented the people i worked with i said only nice things which i think is always you know good to do always say nice things um and i think it sort of uh was to my benefit because first of all i had the rare opportunity to announce to everyone in my field that I had just quit my job and I am unemployed, which resulted in several people being like, so you're unemployed, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't currently want a job, but like is never bad. And also, you know, I said nice things and several people emailed me and said, you know, people were saying some really shitty things and you handled yourself well. And like you said nice things. And now those people have a positive opinion of me. So, I mean, I think even in cases where, um, you know, it is there is some public backlash to that sort of thing, you know, as long as you react in a way that makes you look like a reasonable human. Yeah, and, and, and you were able to do so because you, you left on good terms. You right. left for reasons that were really personal and your own, that, that, that were not about, oh, this job sucks, those people suck, so much as that, right. you know, you were, different, you, you were in different places and... And you made the, the the choice that you feel is right for you. And and maybe these people, like in your job, these people do suck and the work does suck. But like, I don't get how saying that is ever going to help. Yeah, well. <laughs> because if they suck, like, you're gone. Like, yeah, who cares? unless you're warning people off, you know, from the, uh, from like working on one of those Scientology ships or something. Right, right. I mean, like, the HR department, do they actually really care? Probably not. Probably not. Um, is, is anything you say going to make things better? I mean, if someone li- who's listening is in HR and, and can tell me that this does happen, 
I would love to hear about no, it. But I literally everything don't... I know about the uh, about uh, the the sort of exit interview is that um, no, it doesn't doesn't do anything. It's like just good. clarifying that you're not going to sue. Pretty is that much, what, yeah. yeah okay. No, it, no, you know what it is is there are no the people who can there there are well intentioned people in the organization that really do think would like to have the data. But the the fact is is that in most organizations big enough to have exit interviews, they're not prepared to do anything with it. Yeah, I I have had an uh, an exit interview where the person tried to talk me out of what I was saying. And I was like, "What what are we doing here? Like what what is the point of this?" Um yeah, I mean, I think someone's going to always want to talk you out of like the crazy idea you have and I think you need to discern whether like those people are actually just jealous about the decision you're making because they can't make that decision themselves or if they're actually your friend who's going to help you out. Yeah. Good advice. Well, let's, uh, should we do the things we like? Sure. Would you like me to go first? Sure. Um, it's very, you probably haven't heard of it. It's called The Great Gatsby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I recently reread The Great Gatsby. I thought I reread it, but in fact, upon reading it, realized I had never read it in high school. I don't know. We just didn't get it. But it's awesome. It's really short. It's hilarious. It's like super i mean nothing i'm going to say about the great gatsby is going to be like a new epic thing but it's really relevant to like current political climate as well because it's all about and this discussion because it's all about like excess and like how people are living way beyond their means and it's not making them happy um and so i mean i think it's just a hilarious novel that's about all these things that are super current in our culture too um it's probably worth. I mean, you, as you put it, you know, it's and I, I've read it. I probably read it twice in high school because I went to two different high schools, so things tend to pop up more than once. Uh, but you, you know, I think that yeah, benefiting from twenty additional years of context and experience will make the book mean something different. Yeah, and I also, you know, I read the Spark Notes along with it, and there were lots of things I didn't get. Which I wish there were like Cliff Notes, Spark Notes, Spark Notes, or I think the new version of Cliff Notes. Um, for like everything I read, because I was like, "This is so helpful and useful." I want to read every so book. You get with all these. the illusions. It was great. And references. It was yeah. so great. And um, there were a couple of videos which I'll put in the show notes that are um about it that really helped me out. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, in general, I didn't expect it to have. I, I knew vaguely what it was about, uh, and I knew like it had all this cultural commentary about that period. But I mean, it's totally relevant now. Makes sense. Um, uh, my my thing this week that I like. Um, is Safeway brand rosé vinegar. This shit rocks. <laughs> I, I, we got it. Uh, I used to buy uh, this vinegar um, at uh, the Dominic's, which is which is part of the Safeway empire here in the Chicagoland area. It was called Crismona, which was a, uh, a red red wine vinegar from Spain. It's a nice flavor. The thing about vinegars are great. Just, you actually get a lot of flavor out of them, but they don't they really don't have any calories. Um, and so you can you know, and 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 it adds a little acid, a little snap, a little tang to your to your food, to your cooking, or to your salad, than just you know plain old vinegar. And uh, but they 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 had been carrying this Crismona, and I was. There at the Safeway, like I need some, I, I want some different red wine you, vinegar. You were Jones in for vinegar. Was Jones in for vinegar, and uh, Ellen, my wife, says, "Well, why don't we try the Safeway Rosé?" I'm like, "Yeah, that could be good." Oh, it's a Safeway brand, so it's like half the price of everything else. But it's from you know, actually, we're in a really nice little container. Like, sure, let's try it out, and it rocks. It's 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 got a little bit of sweetness. It's definitely got a got some tang to it, and anything where you might put some wine 
to cook in. You could also, if you don't want to open up a bottle of wine, you could just put in a couple splashes. Um, really great on a salad. Um, I, I, I cooked some cabbage in it the other night. I have put it in just about everything. I, I like Safeway brand things in general. I think. Yeah, you're right. And generally, the, the, like um, store brands is pretty high echelon. Yeah, no, I used to live in Oregon and there was a Safeway there and there was none here. It was before they owned Dominic's. Mm-hmm. And I would um, take Safeway green salsa back here. I would I would bring it in my suitcase. Yeah, a lot of their uh, their their stuff. It's not quite, you know, it's almost like the, the, the secret Trader Joe's, man. Yeah, it's better than a president's choice. Oh, yeah. President's choice sucks, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it's better than, than most of the house brands. I do like nice. <laughs> I do actually like nice. Nice has great stuff. <laughs> we'll have to, can I, can we publish that that picture in the Sure, yeah, yeah. From, from nice the, is a brand from Walgreens. It is nice with an exclamation point. Yes. Um and 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 it it is actually a running gag on another podcast, a competing podcast. Nice, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't even mention that competing podcast sister podcast, right? So the yeah, there is a there is a podcast which did not help me in my personal quitting, but it's called Quit with an exclamation point. So I guess you can say it like nice, quit. <laughs> which is all about it's it's not it's not an, only about quitting, but it's really about making the decision to do professionally what you really want to do rather than be, be a what they call a corporate stooge. Right. And uh, for most people who want to be self-employed, I think it's most useful. Yeah. So that's over at the 5x5 network, 5x5.tv. Um, and pretty pretty decent geek and, and productivity podcasts over there. Agreed. And they have a lot about food, too. And comic books. Yeah, I guess. I don't listen to the comic books. Uh, almost ones. all the food stuff is about meat, so that would yeah. not be useful Oh, because he's you? all paleo. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the chief kingpin of the network, uh, Dan Benjamin, is, is a paleo, which is a whole diet I can't quite wrap my head around. I just think it's like how I've been eating my whole life, sure. so it's confusing to Except me. Except it's the whole ban on fruit thing. That, that is yeah, that's weird. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of get it up to a certain point, but that that's a topic for a whole other podcast. I think we've uh, done this out. I think uh, I'm looking at that. I'm not even going to have to edit this this baby. This is going to be good. Quitting. It's uh, just an organic topic. So if you would like to quit your job and you need some help or, you know, you disagree with us and want to have a stable career and uh, you hate me, that's cool, too. Let us know. You can send us email at jpsellout or selloutpodcast at gmail.com. Also, Twitter, selloutpodcast or jpsellout. And then also on the Facebooks. Which is facebook.com slash selloutpodcast. Yeah. Um, and we're also, we're also at selloutpodcast.com. You can, we take comments there. We're, we want to, I mean, tell us we're wrong. I mean, we're, and not that we want to, you know, be told we're wrong so much as uh, there's other narratives out there. Yeah. Or if, if this, if you did this as well. Yeah. Tell us how it, how it went. Yeah. Maybe it went terribly. Maybe it went well. I don't know. Yeah, we'd love to share it. We'd love to, uh, you know, maybe we, maybe we'll ask you to come on. Yeah, no matter what, if you would like to be, uh, if you have a story for our podcast, let us know. If you are a precious flower, a special snowflake. <laughs> if, you, if you have been to the whimsy re-education hut <laughs> and been re-educated. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Paul.